Welcome to another episode of In Moments Like These with David Graham. David is a speaker, author, businessman, former pastor, and founding director of Youth of a Mission, Montana. We believe that God is at work, constantly tugging at our hearts, working in and through relationship around us. Join us as we dive into a new devotional, as David shares a lifetime of personal moments and hopes to inspire you to see God the Father at work in your own moments. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of In Moments Like These. It was at our home on an early Monday morning in August of 1972. During my time as the high school pastor at Melody Lang Christian Center in Anaheim, California, that I got a call from senior pastor Ralph Wilkerson saying this, David, I know it's your day off, but I wonder if you could do a favor for me. Sure, Pastor, I quickly answered. How can I be of help? Well, David, Peter Marshall, last night's guest speaker, just called me and said that he's never been to Disneyland. He doesn't fly home until early Tuesday, and he was wondering if there was someone who could show him around Disneyland today. I'm not able to do that, he said, but would you be able to take Peter to Disneyland today? Yes, sir, I responded. I'd be happy to. Great, he replied. Can you pick him up at the Grand Hotel and say, 30 minutes? I'll be there, I said. If I sounded a little eager in my response to Pastor Wilkerson, is because I was a little eager, a lot eager. Having heard so much about Peter Marshall and then hearing him speak in person the night before with such profound knowledge, intelligence, and authority, I was excited about spending the day with him. If you've never heard of Peter Marshall, he was a fascinating man. His father, Dr. Peter Marshall, a very high-profile Presbyterian minister, was the pastor of the New York Avenue Presbyterian Church in Washington, D.C., and was twice appointed chaplain of the United States Senate. Peter's mother, Catherine Marshall, was the author of over 20 books, including the best-selling biography of her husband, entitled A Man Called Peter. In 1955, that book was made into an Oscar-nominated film of the same title. And Peter Marshall Jr. would carry on in his parents' footsteps. After graduating from Yale University, Peter entered Princeton Theological Seminary and graduated in 1965 as an ordained minister of the Presbyterian Church USA. He served for some years as a pastor before devoting himself to a nationwide ministry of preaching, teaching, and writing. Over his lifetime, he would co-author three best-selling books, From Sea to Shining Sea, Sounding Forth the Trumpet, and this one, The Light and the Glory, a book that I just recently read for the first time. Wow, it's an eye-opener. If you are at all interested in American history, read this book. If you've ever had any doubts about God being deeply and miraculously involved in America's beginnings, read this book. If you ever wonder if God is in charge of the nations and in charge of what will ultimately happen to America, read this book. Today, I want to share just a few of the countless quotes from The Light and the Glory, quotes from early American history. This first one is taken from a letter that was written in 1773 by a British-appointed governor in New England 
to the Board of Trade in England. Quote, If you ask an American who is his master, he will tell you he has none, nor any governor, none, none but Jesus Christ, which may have given rise to the cries that were soon passed up and down the length of America by the committees of correspondence. No king but King Jesus. End quote. That same year, William Prescott, a major city leader in Massachusetts, wrote the following words to the people of Boston just after the Boston Tea Party and when the British closed the most prosperous port in America. Quote, We heartily sympathize with you and are always ready to do all in our power for your support, comfort, and relief, knowing that Providence has placed you where you must stand the first shock. We consider that we are all embarked in the same boat and we must sink or swim together. Let us all be of one heart and stand fast in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free. And may he of his infinite mercy grant us deliverance out of all of our troubles. End quote. Here's the famous quote from Patrick Henry to the Virginia House of Burgess on March 23, 1775. Quote, there is no longer room for hope. If we wish to be free, we must fight. An appeal to arms and to the God of hosts is all that is left us. They tell me that we are weak, but shall we gather strength by ear resolution? We are not weak. Three million people armed in the holy cause of liberty and in such a country are invincible by any force which our enemy can send against us. We shall not fight alone. God presides over the destinies of nations, and He will raise up friends for us. The battle is not to the strong alone. It is to the vigilant, the active, the brave. Is life so dear or peace so sweet as to be purchased at the price of chains and slavery? Forbid it, Almighty God. I know not what course others may take, but as for me, Give me liberty or give me death. And I love these words spoken quietly by Benjamin Franklin, a man who came to know God later in life. The elder statesman and one of the most prominent physicists of his age, speaking before the very heated Constitutional Convention in May of 1787. He appropriately addresses George Washington, the presiding officer of the convention. Quote, in the beginning of the contest with Britain, when we were sensible of danger, we had daily prayers in this room for divine protection. Our prayers, sir, were heard, and they were graciously answered. All of us who were engaged in the struggle must have observed frequent instances of a superintending providence in our favor. And have we now forgotten this powerful friend? Or do we imagine we no longer need his assistance? I have lived, sir, a long time. And the longer I live, the more convincing proofs I see of this truth, that God governs in the affairs of man. And if a sparrow cannot fall to the ground without his notice, is it probable that an empire can rise without his aid? We have been assured, sir, in the sacred writings that except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. I firmly believe this. I also believe that 
without his concurring aid, we shall succeed in this political building no better than the builders of Babel. We shall be divided by our little political local interests. Our projects will be confounded, and we ourselves shall become a reproach, a byword down to future ages. And what is worse, mankind may hereafter, from this unfortunate instance, despair of establishing government by human wisdom, and leave it to chance, war, or conquest. I therefore beg leave to move that henceforth prayers, imploring the assistance of heaven and its blessings on our deliberation, be held in this assembly every morning before we proceed to business." End quote. And what an amazing quote, one I'd never heard before. Have you? Peter Marshall sums up Franklin's words with this comment. Franklin's speech and the sober reflection in the silence which followed mark the turning point in the convention. Their priorities, rearranged by Franklin's startling admonition. The delegates, nearly all of whom were believers, got on with business of crafting a new constitution. Under George Washington's careful shepherding, the constitution, complete with its Bill of Rights, came into being, and the Union was assured. Peter continues, We the people of the United States Thus begins what has become the oldest written constitution still in effect today. One of Britain's great prime ministers, William Gladstone, called the constitution, quote, the most wonderful work ever struck off at any given time by the brain and purpose of man, end quote. And Peter wraps it up with these words. And the greatest legal minds of two centuries have continued to marvel at the Constitution as being almost beyond the scope and dimension of human wisdom. Yes, I stand with Peter on that statement. I believe the United States Constitution and the miraculous birth of a new nation came together because of wisdom provided by God himself provided in response to leaders who looked up to him. I was so intrigued by Peter Marshall's reactions as we made our way through the world-famous theme park that summer day in 1972. I don't remember many details of our tour together, but I do remember that he wasn't at all interested in the more popular, the must-see Disneyland attractions. He didn't want anything to do with Fantasyland. Fantasy and other things make-believe didn't interest him at all. It was those things historical in nature that he took interest in. For example, the only ride he specifically wanted to go on was the 20-minute train ride that features a replicated 1872 Central Pacific steam locomotive that slowly pulls its passenger cars completely around the outer edge of Disneyland. That was it. I think it was the only ride we went on all day. That's what he wanted. And after just reading his exceptional book, The Light and the Glory, over 50 years since our day at Disneyland, 
I think I finally understand why he wanted it that way. Peter Marshall wasn't a man who lived for fun and games. He was a serious man who was passionate about history. Thank you, Peter Marshall, for your lifelong passion and for being a voice for forgotten history and for God and his powerful role in history. Dear friend, I know I've said similar words to these before, but I feel so strongly to say it again today. We are clearly living in a very challenging era. No one knows what lies ahead for America and for all the nations of the earth. But we sons and daughters of God can be sure of this. Our great God has always been above the affairs of men and above the affairs of nations. Biblical history clearly tells us over and over and over again. King David summed it up for us in Psalm 22:28. For the kingdom is the Lord's, and he rules over the nations. And nothing has changed. I and millions of others around the world can hear and feel the rumblings of his ruling kingdom resounding in the air above us and around us. Can you hear and feel the rumblings? I believe his angel armies have been released and that in our lifetime, we will witness his power and faithful leadership in action again. And as we move forward, always remember, in God, we trust. Trust him, dear friend. And as I've said before, don't be afraid. Dear Father in heaven, Without any question, and we declare it, you are above all things. You are above the affairs of men and the affairs of every nation. You are in charge. Oh, dear Jesus, there is no king but you. You brought us freedom and liberty beyond anything else on earth. Dear Holy Spirit, give us complete and total peace and lead us onward. Let it be. Thank you for listening to another episode of In Moments Like These with David Graham. And we hope that this podcast and this episode can be another tool and resource to help you in this walk of faith. If this podcast has made a difference in your life, we would love to hear from you. Visit us online at inmomentslikethese.com. That's inmomentslikethese.com.